Boy wonder? I'm all man, lady. First off, welcome to Fireside. When we talking comic books the entire time, ain't going nowhere, so dry your eyes. Already lasted longer than fireflies. Stay tuned, man, he's got the creepiest news. From books to TV, the movie reviews. Plus the next toy, baby, here we get choose. Even the superhero fight club, we usually lose. So popping those earbuds, turn up those speakers. Feel my was power, Earth 2 with features. Neither listen by weekly or you can binge us. We got it all, baby. Are there Ninjas! So relax and lie back as we start another issue of Fireside Chats. Comic facts and wisecracks. Welcome to the show. This is Fireside Chats. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another issue of Fireside Chats. I'm your host, Menti. And with me, as always, are my wonderful sidekicks. First, Mr. Mashko. Yes, the rhythm, the rebel. <laughs> I'm so disappointed <laughs> in myself. I'm so disappointed in myself because I know that one. And then there's Mauer. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching worldwide, let's get ready to fireside! Beep you, Menti. Wow. I like that one. I'm not, I have no complaints. Had to do it a little different because we've got the one, the only, the master of mayhem, the dastardly Dirk Manning with us. Oh, the dastardly Dirk Manning. <laughs> It's for the Firesider! <laughs> well, well, I appreciate that. We'll get it. In- I think I put the extra confidence at the end of that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we'll get into the, why we have the weird intros in a bit. Um, I feel like it's been a little overdue for my Dirk Manning FaceTime because normally by this time of the year, I've seen you like 30 times. With some ice cream <laughs> right? and some books and, you know, mm-hmm. talking about the con crud. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, there was this span of time between 2019 and 2021, which I think collectively everyone has just decided we're not going to talk about, <laughs> you know, it's like this lost block of time and, and, uh, yeah, you know, so I, I, I'm with you, man. I, I've missed seeing all of you. I've missed seeing everybody. I've missed being on the road, you know. Uh, it, it, it's been, actually, it's been a year since I've been on the road as of today. Wow. You know, or this, this, so yeah, it's, it's crazy. But For everybody at home who, as attendees to conventions, you get one side of a convention. But when you're a part of them, we have like this this war bond that you get from making it through show after show. And I didn't realize until I didn't have that any for the past year or so, like I missed my, you know, soldiers in arms and going through it and being able to say, we made it through this four day weekend. Right. And now we got to carry a bunch of heavy shit again. Uh, right. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, this is the closest that we're going to get for a convention for a little bit, uh, but we couldn't not talk to you. Uh, for our oh. listeners at home that might not know what you're all about, uh, tell us a little bit about Dirk Manning uh, and what you do besides, quote, The Rock. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, Dirk Manning, a uh, writer. Uh, comic book writer. I've written uh, comics such as Nightmare World, Tales of Mystery, Love Stories to Die For, Hope, uh, Twisted, Haunted Highons, 
The Adventures of Cthulhu Jr. and Dastardly Dirk. There's the, the Dastard latest. Um, all kinds of other stuff. Uh, right or Wrong, a writer's guide to creating comics. And uh, have a exciting new project launching next month with SourcePoint Press, uh, which is wrestling-themed, uh, butts and seats to Tony Giovanni's story, which I think is why we're all doing our little wrestling <laughs> shenanigans here. Um, like, like you said, uh, pre, pre that block of time we don't talk about, I would do about 25 to 30 conventions a year. Um, it's been weird. It's been really weird being off the road this long, but it's been good. It's been healthy, I think. Uh, it's been a nice recharge. Obviously, I, um, I think like a lot of people that spend a lot of time on the road and make a lot of our living as comic creators on the road, I went through the seven stages of grieving. <laughs> about there not being conventions, you know, and then and, you know, literally, I mean, literally, like you know, the go through, and then um, buckle down and and started up on work and just said, you know what, twenty twenty is a wash. Oops, I said it. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and uh, like Voldemort, you want to say to like come back? No, and uh, I just really buckled down and um spent a lot of time working on a lot of books now that'll be coming out not only in 2021 but even creeping into 2022 so you missed two uh, things from your resume though uh uh, you forgot uh karaoke performer extraordinaire and ice cream (laughs) connoisseur those are those are both true absolutely i I was a long time uh karaoke champion in in various forms i think i missed that in some ways almost as much as i miss seeing anybody on the road is just the the goofy shenanigans that went with comic-con karaoke and um admittedly i have missed sampling my way across the best ice cream places in the in the country you know uh, that's been a bummer as well i'm looking forward to getting back and getting new and exciting forms of ice cream again so it was always funny to see your live streams after the conventions of you going to these late night ice cream places and being like i'm gonna give a review of this sunday yeah, yeah, like uh, the ben, ben, the place in Ben Franklin Square in Philadelphia, for example, or whatever, you know, and, right, just go to these. Well, I would always try to get recommendations from people from the area, you know, people who I, whose opinion I trust, but like, look, what's the good ice cream place? And someone say, oh, blah, 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 blah. I go, no, 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 like, I want, like, the real good one. Like, the one that, if you're going to go out for ice cream, where do you go? And people get this grin, <laughs> like, here's where you really want it. And it's oftentimes, like, the worst part of town. Or something like that, <laughs> you know, but yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm looking for. I, I think by, you know, knock on wood, if if things will go according to plan, hopefully by like this August and stuff. Free comic book days in August this year, and you know, we we can start to get back to things a little bit. You know, so I'm I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, that is, that is who I am. You can go to dirtmanning.com to learn more about me. Uh, I just I just revamped my website too. I did that at the end of the year. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I'm very happy to be here, guys. Thank you for, like I said, it's been too long since I've seen all of it. I've got a two-part then. So, for first thing, we talk, when we talk to a lot of comic creators, one thing that we find is that because of your life on the road and creating comics constantly means that you don't get a chance to really consume much of that medium at, mm-hmm. at the same time. So, have you found that the last year has been beneficial of catching up on what the rest of the industry is doing? And two, what's your favorite ice cream? Oh my gosh. I know. Uh, throw, flavor, throw the hard questions well, out there. Or store. Let's go. Why not both? We got time. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. 
Um, consuming uh, media before consuming ice cream. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I have in a weird way. Um, I, I think like a lot of people, I said, oh my gosh, you know, when we're grounded from any form of work for a while, I, my big thing is I, I always make time to read. So even when I'm on the road, I always have books with me. I'm always reading. I'm, a, I'm an avid, avid, avid reader. I mean, you will, you know, you won't see me go anywhere without a book, if not two or three books, which would make you think I would buy a Kindle or something, but I like <laughs> having the actual thing in my hand, you know, the actual tactile experience. So truthfully, I've kept up with my reading all along, but what I did find myself doing is going back and like, I readed, I readed my office, I, you know, re got some new bookshelves and stuff like that, and then started filling some runs of stuff. Um, I've never, I've never really been a huge back issue guy per se. I've always been very much like a, a graphic novel guy. You know, because truthfully, I mean, just from a strictly pragmatic perspective, they take up less room. There's no ads in them. You can shelve them easier. You know, you can even have like graphic novels in your in your short boxes. I never do long boxes. They hurt your back too much. You try to pick them up. So like, you use the short. Box. You know, you guys have seen me at shows. You've seen like you know I'm a one man operation. You know, so um, you know you have to consider that stuff. But I thought I would watch a lot. I'll loop back around. So. I ended up filling some runs, and, and something I'm really proud of is I actually, as of just in the last week or so, I now have every sequential Eric Powell thing. I have everything he's wow. ever done sequential, which is not as much as you might think, yet at the same time, well, then I should say that he illustrated it. I didn't get everything he wrote yet. I might have to just bite the bullet and do that next. But I'm a big Eric Powell fan. I love Eric Powell. I've, I've, I had the original Goon self-published stuff back in the day. And I thought, you know, I have a decent amount of his stuff. How much, how, how difficult would it be to get the rest? So I started like scouring live auctions like that, that, that people like, you know, the, the comic book shopping experience have been doing and, and things like that. I'm like, oh, they have Satan Solomon baby. I'm going to grab another copy of that, you know, or, you know, whatever. And, and Eric Powell does not have, I mean, he has a sizable library of stuff, but not nearly as much as you might think outside of the goon and hillbilly. And I probably got all the non mainstream, all the non goon hillbilly stuff he's done sequentially, everything. For under, I'm gonna say under sixty bucks. Wow! Now, see, you, you, I, I'm going into that same thing with Rocketeer books. I'm a huge Rocketeer nice. fan, and there really Rest, isn't yeah. a huge quantity of them. But I oh, found Stevens a lot of stuff. <laughs> but I found that the problem is, even if you just stick to Rocketeer, once you get it all, then you go, well, I've got a good copy of this. But can I find a better to... copy? So now I've gone back right. and I started again, and I'm like, "Well, I've got a nine four. Is there a nine eight oh. out there?" Um, oh, gee. So I, I net was it was it uh, was it first appearance of Gambit that you and I first swapped appearance on? Of Gambit, yeah, <laughs> because mine was a smidge better. He was like, "Come on, I'm a bigger fan." And I'm like, well, that's, "That's true." Two eighty one. Two eighty one. It was. Uh, I can see the cover. I'm trying to remember the number off the top of my head. 281 was Death of Colossus. What was one, what weird stuff I remember. 
Moscow. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but um Yeah, and and that's the thing, like a lot of like some of it I bought like I'm trying not to go there. I just love Eric Powell's one of my favorite creators. Uh personally, years ago he gave me really good advice. I've always liked his stuff anyway. And during the pandemic, I guess, I guess to, to your question, catching up on my reading, because I still read all the time anyway, I just decided, you know, this is going to be fun to do. And I made it a point not to just go eBay and find it. Like, I wanted to, like, dig around the nooks and crannies of, like, live auctions or, or people I know. People like Christy Blanche from Oh Yeah, for example, or Jen King. Um, they just have such cool stuff in their collection, such cool stuff. It's like Jen King hooked me up with a copy of like his first ever published work in like uh what was it basements bestsellers basement sellers something like that uh right here uh bestsellers you know so like this was like his proto goon book you guys can't see it on audio but you know so she she got me a copy of that that was signed I'm like oh that's even better you know um. I just got to imagine that uh, the moment that that you you're handed that final receipt and everything's finished. I feel like we got to do that. Like I don't think any of my collection or my collecting habits have an end date. Like I don't have any collection that's just like finished the run. It's, you know what I mean? It's just kind of it never ends. <laughs> well, see, and that's the thing. It's like now I have to keep up. And again, it's like, do I do all the stuff that Eric Powell has written mm, because he wrote like, nev- Godzilla series? Never ends. Stuff like that. Right. So it's like, I want to be careful because you pick that scab and you'll bleed it. <laughs> that's how, that's that's how Maurer is with toys. Yes. That, yeah. Right. Right. You know, and you got to be careful, but it was something fun to do. Um, but what I didn't do a lot of was when, when the pandemic started, I think a lot of people said, oh, I'm going to watch so much more TV. I'm going to catch up on all this stuff. No, I read so much anyway. I would read and then I write. I've been very busy working on new projects. I was shocked that throughout all of that block of time that we don't reference, I didn't really catch up on television nearly as much as I thought I would. So, and favorite ice cream, you know, I got to go with Jenny's in Columbus. Um, Phenomenal, phenomenal ice cream. It's so good. My all-time favorite flavor there, they discontinued. She has yet to ever bring it back. It was called Chocomole. And it was a chocolate ice cream. With like a Mexican taco seasoning and ground up tortilla chips in it. So what you get is you get the now hold on, just bear with me. Wait, hold, like, hold, like a Mexican hot chocolate. Roll that, run that back. <laughs> so you get the chocolate, which is sweet and rich. And then spicy. You get the, the spices, like the Mexican the taco spices, which you give it a little bit of kick. Then you get the, the ground up like tortilla chips, which is salty. So you get sweet. Rich, spicy, salty, all of Sounds one. good to me. Right. And it was dark, so it was like me, the perfect mixture, you know. <laughs> not, not that it was, it was fantastic. <laughs> but uh, she, uh, the shop ships nationwide, so if you go to the yes, website. Yes, I do. Let's try this. Can, can we get the, the flavors there. continued. Oh, it is? Let's call them. No, but, now that one is, but, I, but I will tell you, they have a salty caramel ice cream. That is so good, I cannot have salted caramel ice cream anywhere else. Well, I, it is phenomenal. I feel like if we all buy a gallon, they'll continue it for a little bit. Let's call them and all offer to buy, to buy a gallon of it. <laughs> you know, one of my life goals is to meet Jenny. You know, but it's like I feel like it'd be like a weird like 
I don't want to be. I, I I think I would fanboy out <laughs> because she, she, she designs the flavors herself, and and you know I'm I'm pretty cool about that. The last time I really geeked out was the first time I met Harlan Ellison. I kind of geeked out a little bit, and he put me in my place, and I I learned not to do that anymore. You know, <laughs> but I, I think with her, I would just be such like a, a like a fan, like oh my god, my favorite my favorite ice cream kind of my favorite ice cream <laughs> chef. You know? Um. Now that I've seen yeah, what Jenny, it's like when you geek out, I kind of get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, speak. Well, yeah, there's just, yeah, there's a lot of dynamic issues there that I just be like, you know, I really like your ice cream. You're really cool. <laughs> you know, right. We got to get to geeking yeah. out because I've known you for years and we've always uh-huh. had conversations about wrestling. Yes. So when I saw that you are doing butts and seats, the Tony Schiavone book. I want to know how, two questions, how did it come about and how long did it take for you to stop geeking out (laughs) over doing something with Tony Schiavone? Well, uh, therein lies a tale. Um, (laughs) So last year, you know, C2E2, in Chicago is pound for pound my favorite of the big shows. I love New York Comic Con. I love Emerald City. You know, Philly's had some really cool shows there and stuff like that. You know, but for the big shows, C2E2 is always my favorite. Last year, uh, I was unable to go to C2E2, which was a bummer for me for a couple of reasons. Uh, one of them was that C2E2 had teamed up with AEW. And I had tickets to the pay-per-view to see two of my favorite wrestlers, Orange Cassidy and Pac. I had tickets to go to the show and, you know, see the AW guys and all this, you know, and uh, I, I had a, I had a, a family situation that I couldn't make it. Um, my, my grandfather ended up getting very ill and uh, I had rushed on to Florida to go see him and my grandmother and help get them situated to get them back home. And then obviously COVID happened and then everything got shut down. <laughs> well, the reason I bring up the C2E2 AEW thing was a good friend of mine, uh, Mike Dawkins, who he goes online as a gimmick attorney. He works with a lot of the professional wrestlers. I've known, I've known Mike for many, many years, uh, personally and professionally. When he found out I wasn't going to be C2E2, because it was very much a last minute thing. When the things went south with my grandfather, I literally, um, had a backpack. I threw stuff in a backpack, drove to the, I was like in the movies, like I I did get a plane ticket first, drove to the airport with a backpack, got on the plane, went to Florida. And I was in such a grind that my initial thing was, I was telling my publisher source point, I'll go down there. I'll help get them situated. I'll fly back home, jump in the car and then drive to C2E2. And, and and Travis McIntyre from source point press editor in chief over there, he finally had to kind of like, you know, slap me over the phone. He's like, what the hell are you thinking, man? He goes, and he'd met my grandfather. He knew I I was very close with my grandpa, you know? And he said, he goes, the hell are you doing, man? Take care of your family. And I go, I know, but it's like, I got my table already, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, you need to stop and think about what you're saying right now. And he goes, this is your grandpa. And like we talked about earlier, that road warrior thing, that brothers in our mentality, I was so used to being plugged into that, that it, it, 
I'm ashamed now to look back and say that that's where I was, you know, but that was like my idea. I could go down there for a couple of days, get them situated, fly back, jump in the car, drive to Chicago, and then just keep, keep going. When I couldn't be there and Mike found out, he got a hold of me, he goes, Dirk, he goes, I know what was happening, you know, with your, with your grandfather and stuff like that. He goes, but I got to tell you, he goes, I got a proposition for you. And I'm like, what's up? And he goes, how would you feel about doing a comic book? based on the life of Tony Schiavone. And again, I've known Mike for a long time, personally, and, and personal and professional caliber, and, you know, we're both wrestling geeks. And I'm going to be honest with you, and, and you may not like this answer initially, I wasn't sure how I felt about it. And I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> There's a plot twist. I, I have done... Yeah, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I, I have done books based on real people you know i did legend of the shaders with the harp twins out of chicago but it was like a fantasy take on them uh obviously i do haunted high odds with twisted uh the first graphic novel got nominated for three ring awards so we're doing pretty well but again it's yeah thank you sorry i gotta pat myself on the back on that one. <laughs> um well it's funny like my first ring award was for best humor comic when i'm mainly a horror guy you know but <laughs> the, the, the irony was helpful um, but even with them, while it very much is derivative of Madrox, Monoxide, Jamie and Paul's people, it's still uh, a fantastic version of them. They're ghost hunters and all this stuff. But doing a book, a comic, based on the real life of a real person runs a very high risk of being a vanity project. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to get involved in, in dedicating my time to working on a book, which would just be about a guy putting himself over for a hundred pages or whatever, you know, um, because that's something anybody can do, you know, Any, anybody can write a book that someone else tells you how awesome they are. And then they, you can just turn around and, you know, I only have so much time to write. I, 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 I really like to focus on mainly doing my own thing. So initially, I was kind of like, okay, I'm not going to say no, but I do want you to keep talking. <laughs> you know, and again, I know, you know, I know Tony Giovanni, amazing guy and stuff like that, you know, but well, I kind of find that Tony's a huge comic geek. And like at C2E2, he was like walking out of the con with like arms full of stuff, <laughs> you know. And, his office is like the bat cave and he's a huge comic geek. And, and again, because I know Mike really well, he goes, look, and I told him my concerns. I said, I don't want to sit there and write a book where I'm kissing some guy's ass for a hundred pages. You know, that's not really what I want to do. But he told me, he said, you know, Dirk, he goes, I, I know Tony, he's very humble and he has such a fascinating story. And then I started to think about it and we started talking about it. And the fact that Tony Giovanni started in, in Crockett promotions, and then he was in WCW. He was in WWF, WWE. He was in TNA for five minutes. He was or Impact or whatever, TNA at the time, I think it was. And now he's with All Elite Wrestling. This is a guy that over the course of his career has been everywhere. And not only has he been everywhere, he's a very humble, grounded guy who never bought into his own hype. In fact, with Tony, one of the things with Tony is 
he's adverse to being putting himself over or other people putting him over. I'll say like he's a legendary announcer and he's like, no, I'm not. You know, and he's such an everyman like you and I. And, and being a huge wrestling fan, I started to get really get excited then because I realized we could tell his story about his life amongst these giants and his life through the history, literally through the history of professional wrestling. And now when you have butts and seats to Tony Schiavone's story, you have a book that it's this every man's journey through, I would argue, a good swath of the history of professional wrestling from the Crockett days all the way up to AEW, which is continuing to redefine and, and re-energize, I think, in a lot of ways, interest in the industry. Um, so I got really excited about it. And what I'm really excited about now that the book is done is that this is a book that, like, for us who are, like, wrestling fans, we can really geek out on it and get it. But this is a book I could give to my mom. And anybody with a passing interest in professional wrestling, I think, will get a lot out of it about this guy's journey. And then you learn about, like, the Ric Flair stuff, and you learn about this stuff, and you learn about this stuff as you go. So, and, and, and the time he was out of wrestling and, and, and what that looked like and how he got back in. And uh, it's just a really engaging story and it's a feel-good story and it's inspirational and it's entertaining and it's funny and it's honest he talks about some of the things that didn't quite go the way he wanted you know uh and it's a really cool book and i'm i'm really i was really i'm really grateful that i had the opportunity to do it um and i'm also in a weird way grateful for the fact that well, I'm not grateful for the circumstances that there were no shows last year. This was a very time-intensive process, you know. It was like me and Mike and Tony and Dave Silva, Adrena Joe, our editor, uh, Travis sometimes would jump in. And it was a lot of Zoom calls, man. <laughs> a lot of Zoom calls, <laughs> you know, and just talking to him and then pushing him on some things and, and, and parsing out how we're going to do this. So what we ended up doing is we did a 10-chapter book, 10 pages per chapter with each chapter illustrated by a different artist. Mm. And that was the other thing that excited me, was I got to go back to my old Nightmare World days of the anthology style. And I got to handpick 10 different artists that each best represented that part of his life. So I got to work with this amazing lineup of artists, some I've never worked with before, but I've always wanted to. A couple that Travis brought to me that were exceptional. And then bring back some of my old friends as well. And, and just do this this killer lineup of artists, diverse styles. There's everything from like mangas and mangas influenced art to Josh Ross with Tales of Mystery to Austin McKinley to DJ Kaufman. I mean, just an amazing spread, and it's going to be a really cool package when it's all done. Well, it's it's good to hear uh, you say how humble it was because. Uh, for wrestling fans, AEW is changing everything. They're bringing it back to its roots. But yes. something caught me off guard a few weeks ago, um, and it was Sting. And Sting coming to AEW. Yeah. And his tie to Tony is something that any wrestling fan is just drawn to. But mm -hmm. when Sting came in the ring to give his first promo, he yeah. was more over seeing Tony again than yes. anybody was seeing Sting, and the respect that he gave Tony almost broke kayfabe 
to yeah. to be like, no man, it's good to see you, and giving him a hug. Um, that's mm-hmm. the kind of guy he is. And if you're not a wrestling fan, um, you probably still know Sting from him in the NWO and painting his face like the crow. But Sting, right. when it comes to wrestlers, there's probably three names that changed the course of wrestling history. It's Hulk mm-hmm. Hogan and Hulkamania. It's Ric mm-hmm. Flair and the Four Horsemen. And it's Sting. <laughs> those three men alone, well, I guess you have to add Dusty if you're going to go, but those four guys are wrestling. Right. And they all yeah. respect Tony. Yeah, absolutely. And that was telling. And while obviously I have a certain amount of privileged conversations with Tony at times that I cannot and would not reveal publicly, that was a topic of conversation we had, you know, and I'm like, dude, like Sting put you over. (laughs) But again, like you said, it's testament to the type of guy that Tony is. He's so grounded. He's a good dude and he's grounded and it, and it made working on this book just a joy. Like I said, I mean, there's the fan in you, but you have to kind of then put that aside and say, okay, we need to make a cool comic and we need, we need to make a book that, that wrestling fans will enjoy. But again, I, I thought there was a lot of potential there for a book that, that non-wrestling fans would enjoy. In fact, several of the artists who work on the book, were not necessarily wrestling fans, but became enamored with his his story. You know how he, you know, people who listen to the 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 Ad Free Shows podcast and know about his wife Lois. How did him and Lois meet? Right. It's a story that with 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 God as my witness, it was me. So it was Tony, me, Mike Dawkins, Dave Silva, Junior Joe. And when we got to the part of the story, I said, okay, well, I wonder how you meet Lo- how you met Lois. He kind of called Lois into the room. And it was so funny because like Lois like threw him out and like <laughs> sat down for the camera and started telling, let me tell you the real story. So here's all these people here, right? And there's a part when she's talking about where they when they first met. Literally. God, I wish I would have taken a picture of it, but we all were teary-eyed. It was so sweet. And like literally, it was like all these like big dudes and stuff, you know, and then, you know, no offense to Adrena, she's not a big dude, but she's crying. Dawkins, Silva, all <laughs> of us are sitting there, like all like watery eyed as she's, te- as she's retelling the story of when they first met in their first date. And I think that's something that hopefully we captured in the book. And then in that chapter, Sally Scott is illustrating it and did such a nice job. But it's just, yeah, it's such a cool story. And then again, then, you know, a chapter or so later, you got, or, you know, him talking to Ric Flair and Roddy Piper. <laughs> you know, so, well, it, it, it's, it's a really, like I said, this really was not a vanity project, which is what I was worried about. This is just an engaging story anybody can pick up and read. And yeah, like you said, this is a guy that, Everyone puts him over well, because he's just a good dude. This also got me excited, and Moshko and I have talked about this for the past few years. The intersection of comic fans and wrestling fans seems to be coming mm-hmm. closer and closer, especially with Cody Rhodes and his partnership with Stephen Amell as the Arrow and, and right. you know, Stephen Amell becoming a Bullet Club member. Uh, for those on the bubble that still aren't wrestling fans but are comic fans, 
this might be their gateway drug into that world. Right. Well, yeah, and like I said, there's 10 chapters, 10... I don't... I guess I, I guess it would be wildly divergent art styles. You got everything, you know, you got Scott James doing a chapter. You got Colm Griffin. You got Jan Apple, Sally Scott, DJ Kaufman, Leno Grady, Austin... You know, I gotta be careful, because if I start listing, I have to list everybody. <laughs> but... My goal was to make a cool book. Like I said earlier, when we first started talking, I love books. You can see, you know, those you can see in my, my office right now. I mean, I'm surrounded by books. I love books. And for those listening, it looks like he's sitting in a comic shop. It does look like that. Barnes and Noble like that. in the corner upstairs. That's honestly, that's where I thought yes. you were. I was like, oh, maybe he owns like a, like a small shop or something. <laughs> no, this is my office. Like that, yeah. Like like my spinner rack. Like yep. one of my goals, and I, and I talk about this in interviews all the time, so I apologize. People have heard this before. But one of my goals is to fill a spinner rack with my own work. Mm, I love that. And I don't mean to cheat. So now you'll notice. Though I know you can't see this, those of you just listening, but like right now, you see Tales of Mystery one, two, three, four, and then later there's be five. But like one of the other ones down there is like hope. I don't put hope issues one, two, three, four, five, six in six slots on the spinner rack. I put hope the graphic novel in one spot. Mm. I want to fill it the right way. I <laughs> literally awesome. want a spinner rack of just my books because I love floppy issues. They're cool, man. And that's what got me started. But I want, you know, the book. I want, you know, I want this. I want this big book just to pick it up, this is, this is, read it, enjoy it, and then do another one. Well, you know, I, I well, want the book. I, I want butts and seats. And you're doing yeah. a, a good, uh, a unique way of putting this out. Because you could just release this and charge money and have people buy it. But you are, the way I look at this, is giving back some extra cool stuff for people to get Absolutely. this. And you're launching it through yeah. Kickstarter. Tell me about mm -hmm. that. Yeah, you can go to buttsandseatscomic.com. I would highly recommend if you're listening to this interview, and I believe we're going to launch March 16th is when we're launching the Kickstarter. Um, I would really highly recommend that all of you here and anybody listening go to buttsandseatscomic.com and then click the notify me and launch button because the book in and of itself is going to be awesome. And like I said, I, I like the book. And like you said, for people that love comics, I think this will be a cool book to have. It Ten different artists in it. It's just this engaging story. But on the Kickstarter, we're also going to offer some very limited, very limited, and very uh, elite pledge levels. Mm -hmm. And they're going to go very, very quick. Yeah. I'm going to hit you so, up after the I show to try and weasel my way into a, a, a well, early I, I notification. Would, would say, yeah, yeah. the best thing is go to buttsandseatscomic.com, click notify me on launch, because that way the moment the campaign goes live, you will get the email that we're live, and you can jump in and, and get first dibs um, on some maybe some pledge levels that are maybe not too sweet. Maybe they're three sweet. <laughs> you know and obviously yes 
Sorry, we you did the two sweet symbol on an audio podcast. I just, because I don't know yeah. what just happened. They all just did a finger thing together for anybody who's watching or who's listening and not watching. <laughs> I have no idea what just happened. They all just touched their cameras at the same time with three sweet. Right. <laughs> well, two sweet is trademarked, so we have to be three sweet. All right. So um, but yeah, but again, you know, the book in and of itself is cool, and we're going to offer like a Kickstarter exclusive hardcover edition. And, and people that know how I run Kickstarters know that. Like you said, I'm very big on paying it forward to the people that support your work. We have some really cool pledge, uh, some stretch goals lined up and things like that. We have some really elite pledge levels. We have some really cool stuff there. But yeah, I, 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 I want to get back. I want to give people a really cool book. I want to make this a book that non-hardcore wrestling fans can enjoy, that people who just like comics can enjoy. And then for the wrestling fans, there's going to be a lot of extra payoff. There's going to be some really cool stretch goals. And a couple of very elite pledge levels that if you're very fast and you want to treat yourself after a really hard year last year, damn it, some pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty cool stuff. Damn it. Um, all right. So for the non-wrestling fans, I thought we'd have a little bit of, of fun. Uh, and yes. for Menti, we're going to help you out a little bit for this one. We're going to give you, you know, some training wheels. But I thought it I thought it'd be fun if, you know, we each picked our favorite wrestler and then a comic <gasps> character to be their tag team partner. And then the four of us will decide I already got it. whose tag team would win. All right, so let's go oh. down the line first and let's just say who our wrestler is going to be. If Menti already has his Menti, we'll start with you. Who's your wrestler? Rey Mysterio. All right. Ooh, nice. Mashko, who's yours? I'd have to go Ultimate Warrior. All right. Mm. I'm going to have to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to be elite. And I'm going to go with Hangman, the cowboy, doing some cowboy shit in here. And go with Mr. Uh, Page. Uh, Dirk? Oh, you put me on the spot. Oh, my gosh. I, I could go so many ways on this. But I'm going to stay on brand. So I'm going to stay in AW. Since with 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 we're going to put the Giovanni, Orange Cassidy. Oh, Mrs. Mauer loves you right now. <laughs> um, I, you know, he, I have a friend who trained with him in his uh, Philadelphia training, and he's a super right. nice dude. I I just uh -huh. I, the uh, the gimmick doesn't win me over yet. I'm sure it will, though. I, I get it. His, his gimmick of like the the chill dude, the super, the, the 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 sloth type character is very polarizing. But that's my chip. I'm putting my All chip right, down. Your chip's down. Well, Menti. I mean, I mean, fair. It's like I got my Kenny Omega pop right here, and I was real close to going with Kenny. But that's too easy. I'm I'm gonna go. All right, chips. Menti. Who's your team up with? Uh, Rey Mysterio. Just add a just clarification. My team up is going against everybody else's team up, yep. or it's a four, four tag teams against each other, and I can pick anybody. You can pick anybody, anyone. Now it's wrestling, so they're not using the the Infinity Gauntlet just to snap people. So like, I can't say Doctor Manhattan. You like that's what I'm trying to say. Like, what's what are we <laughs> where are we stopping this? They're wrestling prowess. So imagine if everything was real. So they just wrestle. All right, I'm going Spider Man. They're just wrestling. Spider-Man, all right. Oh, wow. Mashko? Okay. I would have to go Wolverine. Oh. So you're Wolverine and... Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate Warrior. 
Jesus God. That's a that's a powerhouse right there. Hope you have some that's a, yeah, that's- Um so I'm gonna so uh, man, your team just threw me for a loop. Mm-hmm. All right, so I got the cowboy hangman Adam Page. You know what? I'm gonna stick with some cowboy stuff, and and I'm going to go a little old west hex, and I'm gonna go hex. <laughs> hex. So, so Jonah, Jonah hex, hex what? And ha- Jonah hex and hey, hangman yeah. Adam Page. Almadi and Gray's run on Jonah Hex, I have the whole run right here, is one of my favorite runs of a comic of all time. Not saying a bad character, I'm, I'm saying not taking on Wolverine or Spider-Man, though. <laughs> no. Well, or my tag team partner, which it'd be easy to say the Flash and just go like the total <laughs> polar opposite. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a little more fun with it. I'm going to say Orange Cassidy's partner is Bane. Ooh. Like wait, <laughs> wait, with the venom though, like with the venom. Oh yeah. Now we've got oh, yeah. we've got a curveball that I didn't tell you guys about. In our audience, live audience right now, we've got baby Huey watching. And he oh! and he just sent his team, which is Jake the Snake, partnered with the Hulk. Nice. So Jake oh. the Snake and the Hulk. Then I'm going back and I'm picking Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> like if we're going, I only pick Spider-Man. Like if we're throwing Flash out, we're throwing Hulk out. I'm picking Superman. What's up? <laughs> so they're all done. Yeah, I mean, the Hulk, that's a, that's a, I mean, at least give us like the Joe Fix at Hulk. Well, I mean, that's what it would like be. A- Everybody would be dumbed down. Kind of like those memes you see recently that went around with the right. Avengers. And if they were UFC fighters. So okay, right, like lucha, like a yeah, yeah. So like a That's lucha right, version yeah. of them, um, or like a like MMA version or something, right? Not like I, I hate to say yeah. it, but I think Moshko's team kicks all of our asses. That Wolverine Ultimate Warrior. I mean, Ultimate Warrior was not a great worker, but he just the sheer intensity. He he was blown up when he got to the ring. Yep. Right, right. I actually saw the Ultimate Warrior on a house show when he was the Dingo Warrior. Wow. Albany, New York. And he went on TV or anything like that. And I'll never forget, I, I was in the, the crowd and the, you know, and now Albany, the dingo warrior. And this dude just runs out to the ring, runs, runs around the ring, runs into the ring, rope, rope, clothesline, clothesline, picks the guy up, drops, splash, runs back out, runs around the ring and just leaves. Never stop moving. And I'm like, and, you know the tassels. And I'm like, what the hell? That was incredible. <laughs> like a week or so later, he de- he debuted as the Ultimate Warrior. But to me, it always be the Dingo Warrior. And who was his tag team partner that he started with? A Sting, Sting. Back in the day, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I, I agree that Ultimate Warrior Wolverine is. I mean, Bane and Orange Cassidy is funny, and and you know I love the the cowboy gimmick, and, and I love your uh, the spider. Spider-Man started wrestling. Yeah. I'll, I'll go another deep cut with, with that. One of my all-time favorite single issues of a comic was Brian Azzarello with Raven wrote an episode, uh, an episode, wow, an issue of Spider-Man's Tangled Web, which was about uh, Crusher Creel and his life leading up to when he fought Spider-Man in the ring and lost. Oh, that's, that's cool. cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it did in Spider-Man's Tangled Web. You can find it. Like, I want to say it was... I love that he just turns around immediately and starts looking at the shelves behind right him. Right off the shelf. Uh, 
I, I yeah, gotta say, inter- interviewing Dirk on a screen has to be very similar to like Mark Hamill in a in a in a booth doing the Joker. He's just so animated, and like this <laughs> the swivel on this chair is amazing. Uh, it's like a tornado over here just grabbing books. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I'm trying to. Remember and Raven what, helped wanted, write that. And Raven wrote it with Brian Azzarello. It wasn't issue twenty one. Do we start the EC Dub oh, chant? Yeah. EC dub. You can get it in like quarter bins nowadays. It's crazy. All right, I'm gonna have to find it. That just sounds like an awesome book. Oh, it was well, Spider-Man's Tangled Web. It was here it is right here. It was issue number. Let's see if it says. uh, But it was all one-off stories about people whose lives were influenced by Spider-Man. Like Paul Pope did one. Brian Azzarello did one, you know, all these really cool writers. Um, I'm trying to see what issue it was in here, if I could figure out 12 through 17. The fact that you were able just to spin around and in a minute or two be like, oh, here it is. Uh, yeah, right. It's uh, yeah. just right behind me. Issue <laughs> 13 of Spider-Man's Tangled Web and uh, or Crusher Hogan, not Crusher Creel, sorry, Crusher Hogan. That's the cover. Um, <laughs> It's one of my all-time favorite single issues of a comic ever. And it's just about Crusher Hogan and uh, his life leading up to when he does the open challenge. Anybody who can beat me in the ring, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, we all know how that story ended for him. <laughs> that, that is a, a, a good way of getting from A to B. I, I, I can I can I switch gears for a quick second because there's something I just I need some clarification on I, I need the the rest of the story uh, Dirk you have easily 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 a decade's worth of work behind you but I believe it was 2007 yeah. that very similar to a uh, George R. R. Martin in the back of a Fantastic Four book you were in the back of an image book uh, of a Walking <laughs> Dead comic asking Kirkman how it is that zombies poop. And I yes. need to know uh-huh. the whole story on not only what made you want to ask said poop question, but the gross response from Robert Kirkman where you said he grossed himself out in his own answer. I, I need to know all about this moment. <laughs> a-, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine got me a CGC'd 9.4 of the issue, the only letter I've ever written to a comic book and it got published. It was my... Um, what issue was it? Uh, issue 46 of The Walking Dead. That's the Tyrese... The uh, spoiler. At the yeah, it's the Tyrese issue. <laughs> um, or, yeah, sorry, the death. But yeah, no, um... <laughs> My 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 girlfriend at the time wanted to know. We, I was she knows a big Walking Dead fan, and and she asked. She goes, um, "Do the zombies like poop?" And I go, "That's a, I, I, I don't know. That's a I mean, good question." So as a lark, I emailed Kirkman because <laughs> at the time I was also publishing with Image. Nightmare World was being published by Image Comics at the time. Which I don't think factored too much into his answering the question, but I said, "Hey, you know, uh, talking to my girl and stuff like this here, you know." And she wanted to know, "Do the zombies poop?" 
So he kind of answered it stream of conscious, and he would always say, I've answered this question, but basically the answer was either there's a chemical in their body which eventually liquefies and it just kind of runs out of them, or they don't poop and their stomachs would just explode and then everything would just kind of like fall out. And then they would, when they ate stuff, it would just inevitably just fall out of them. But either way, he said, yeah, that either way, that's pretty gross. Well, then through the rest of the run, when people would ask this question, you go, I've answered this question previously. Next question. <laughs> I get back in- <laughs> but yeah, cool. A buddy of mine then, I, this was the first slabbed comic I ever owned. And I don't own many at all, but CG Seed, yeah, 9-4. Of the issue with my, <laughs> even when I, I, I sold my run of, of Walking Deads and I kept this issue out of the run, so I have like a, a loose one that I can go back and look at it. Everybody but, poops, uh, <laughs> even zombies. Everybody, yeah, so yeah, yeah the, the, the moral story is everybody poops. Um, uh, but zombies. Even if it um, just falls out of them. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. Undead owners. Right. <laughs> And I would watch. I would. I would like read the book. I would like study the pages to see like if they had stomachs, or if they were like blown out. You know, Charles Charles Aldridge started like drawing them, or um, Aldridge and they were like blown out stomachs and stuff. You know, and you'd see that sometimes. And I'm like, that's where it goes. I, I love that zombie didn't poop. That, that zombie was constipated. I love that we <laughs> all just glossed over the fact that Maurer relates to f- stuff just falling out of you like zombies. <laughs> Captain Zombie Squirts over here has a, is well aware of what that f- sensation is like. <laughs> Listen, there's been yeah. times where you couldn't leave recording because you had it coming out of you like a zombie. <laughs> Hey, 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 listen, man, you know, we talk about doing conventions and stuff, and people know when I do a convention, I, I am 99% of the time at that table. And if I'm not there, I always say I'm either emptying or filling my water bottle. <laughs> and we, y'all, we all know that, you know, you're in a convention center and stuff. God, I can't you don't, talk to you. <laughs> you don't eat the best. I, I, I love that. The- yeah, I don't eat vegetables either. But there's always a certain like line, like if you have to use a stall. And I'm working. I don't have time to, for to be in the line. So... Right, man. You just got to hold it in like a zombie and just wait and then get back, get back to the hotel. And usually I'll be splitting a room with a couple other creators. A lot of times, you know, we, we gorilla style. You know, I, I very, I don't think I ever really room by myself. Usually it's a couple of us while I'll chip in for a room. And um, yeah, you just, hey man, the lobby dump is real. You don't do that. You don't do that in your room because after you haven't gone to the bathroom all day. This is Connecticut, folks. This is the this is the behind the scenes stuff. Okay, so remember when they were saying brothers at arms? This is the this is the arms. <laughs> and, and now you guys know why I relate more to Todd, where I go through the entire con. I don't eat anything. I don't drink anything. I may pass out by day three, but I'm, I'm afraid. Well, of, I'm afraid of that line of the bathroom. Yeah, but if you don't go, you won't well, run into and- Neil Adams <laughs> or Kevin Smith. He's, the, hold on. To tie this back to wrestling before we have to wrap up, I'll never forget it was Wizard World. I think it was our first Wizard World as Fireside. And in the bathroom, washing up, changing my shirt just after we set up. And uh, one of the nasty boys comes in and yells at the top of his lungs, It's about to get nasty in here. And then goes into the stall and drops the loudest deuce. I've ever heard in my life. Oh my god. We stay real highbrow over here. 
Yeah, right. Well, it, it, it's funny. Um, one of the funniest ribs I ever heard was a wrestling was a wrestling rib in the bathroom, and a buddy of mine was in the restroom, and uh, he was he was in there, and I think he was washing his hands, and Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, comes out of the stall or something like that. He's like, "Oh my god!" He's like washing his hands and. You know, going real slow, or maybe Razor, maybe Razor walked in and took a leak. I don't remember. So it doesn't matter. But Razor Ramon's in the bathroom. He's in there. So he's really lollygagging. And his buddy, because they're trying to, like, they want to say something to him, but you don't want to say something to the guy if he's just going to the bathroom or washing his hands or So Razor Ramon does his thing, and he walks to the to the entrance of the restroom, like, get ready to walk out. And he looks back and goes, hey, yo. Is about to be a dark match. <laughs> Turns off the lights and walks out and closes the door. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then she's quiet. I know he's done that a million times. <laughs> he knew the guy's rival at him and what he said. He's like, hey, yo, about to be a dark match. <laughs> That is awesome. Can, can, can that please can that please be the name of this issue? about to be a dark match with Dirk Manning. <laughs> <laughs> with Dirk Manning, that's the best name. That's the best name. It's done. Now, I, go. I've got some bad news. We've got to wrap this up, and we didn't even get through half of the stuff that Dirk oh. wanted to talk about. So, Alright, man. We've had fun. We've had that fun, just means so. that we're going to have to have you back on in a little bit. Tag team. And, uh, Tag team. Yeah, two partners <laughs> down the road. Tag team of <laughs> interviews. So next time we will talk all about Mr. Ree and the wonderful things that are coming out with that. But uh, right on, man. it's about that time. Our 30 minute show. It's almost <laughs> an hour. Come on, man. Five. Don't. don't. <laughs> We've given uh, up on 30 minutes. 30 minutes. 30 minutes is asking me one question. It's quarantine 30 minutes. On that note, Menti, right. do that thing. You can find the show at Welcome to Fireside everywhere online. That's at Welcome to Fireside at your social media choice, unless it's Twitter, which is Fireside Crew. We appreciate all the support we've been given. Thank you, everyone. Where did that voice come from? It's the Fireside Crew. I, I, I was doing a voice. Hey, yo, it's oh, the voice. Hold on. Let me run it back. I want to see if I can do it again. Uh, all right, hold on. Do say, say do the thing again. <laughs> Hey, Minty, do that thing. You can find the show Welcome to Fireside everywhere online. That's at Welcome to Fireside, your social media choice, unless it's Twitter, which is Fireside Crew, and we appreciate... Did I do it? You did it. I did it? Oh, keep all it, right. Keep I didn't going. know I had a voice. Okay. <laughs> uh, we appreciate all the support we've been given, uh, so thank you for everyone who's comment, like, rate, subscribe. It all goes a long way, and we truly appreciate that. Once again, I am Menti. I'm Moshko. Sooner or later, I will figure out what I'm saying at the end. <laughs> but go check out uh, at Moshko, uh, Moshko Collects, MoshkoCollectibles.com, and check out Fireside on iHeartRadio. Wow! And as always, I'm Mr. Mauer. Don't forget to go to WelcomeToFireside.com, and you'll be able to find this and more interviews. We might even link up some of our old interviews with Dirk, so you can go back in time and uh, hear some stuff. But Dirk, thank you so much. For gracing us with your presence, I will set up another time to finish the second half of this tag team of interview. And but well, uh, one last time, where can where can everything be where found? Can we find you. Yeah, man. Uh, I actually just re again through quarantine, I totally revamped my website. So DirkManning.com. You can check that out. There's all kinds of cool stuff on there. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, God help me, even Twitter. 
at Dirk Manning, all one word. Look for the picture of the guy with the top hat and the scarf. That is me. I do not wear a top hat and scarf in real life. That is that is a, called a gimmick, folks. It is a gimmick. It is a it is a work, not a shoot. Google it. So uh, at DirkManning.com. Sorry, at, at Dirk Manning everywhere. DirkManning.com is my website. You can subscribe to my monthly newsletter. You can find archives of my interviews here with these fine gentlemen. And I, I look forward to tagging in with you guys again soon and uh, kicking it. Awesome. So thanks, guys. On that note, I got to do this. Oh, my God. It's Dirk! For the, for the Shivani fans. <laughs> yeah. Wrestling fans but will get that. Yeah, Butts and Seats Comic. Uh, go click Notify Me on launch. ButtsandSeatsComic.com. You will want to be notified the moment that campaign launches. Even if you just want the book, trust me, I'm looking out for you. ButtsandSeatsComic.com. Take two seconds. Get your Kickstarter account set up. Notify me at launch. You'll be very, very I need you guys to do it, too, because there's probably more than one thing that I want. <laughs> All right, dude. Deuces. Deuces! Deuces! Deuces!